Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear myself. Wow. All right. Wow, it's good to see all of these folks. It's good to see the sanctuary fill back up again. Amen? Amen. Amen. And Holy Spirit is in this place. Amen? Thank you, Natalie. Thank you to the sound booth. Thank you to the worship team, uh, Pastor Jed. You know, one of my very favorite moments every Sunday is when I walk in here early first thing and I'm heading upstairs to the Kingdom Seekers class uh, and I'm hearing the worship team worship in here and it just it just fills the whole building with the presence of Holy Spirit and I just I appreciate that so much worship team it just kind of makes the whole day so thank you for that yes well, yes, this is a familiar story today. Um, I don't think I need this. <coughs> I am going to talk about walls today. Uh, walls that get in our way. Some of you, and I'm getting into my middle age, so I forget and I repeat myself. And some of you probably recall that I've shared uh, about our daughter Morgan. And she was quite ill back in the years 2008 and in, the, in 2010. And she remained mysteriously ill for quite some time. Dana and I had taken her to her primary doctor, and then we took her to specialists, several of them, and they ran tests. Morgan spent 10 days in Memorial Hospital. More tests were ran. Now, we had prayed, Dana and I, but we had also done everything we knew to do in our own humanity and our own understanding. We'd come basically to the end of our own strength and our own wisdom of what we knew to do. There was <clears throat> a wall in our way. So, Dana and I resolved somewhat not always feeling this emotionally, but we resolved to dig in and we resolved to place this struggle in God's hands. Israel had a wall. They had a walled city in their way. After 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, they had been given a land to inherit. They had been given a home. And they all God had quite literally stopped the Jordan River so they could all cross through to safety. Uh, Pastor Jed shared that beautifully with us last week. We, we delved into that story. So they were all safely on the other side. But now, the mighty city of Jericho and the wall of Jericho and its inhabitants loomed largely. It seems like there's always a wall in our way sometimes, yeah? Sometimes there's always a wall where it feels like that. In this case, it was the ancient city of Jericho, considered one of the oldest inhabited cities in the world today. At the time of our focus, back in this time of history, it was estimated that the city wall that we're talking about, these are some estimates that I read, estimated it was probably about 13 feet tall and that it had watchtowers around it. And this same wall was estimated to be over five feet in width. 
So over five feet in width and 13 feet tall. And this is just an estimate, but then to walk around it and to walk at a safe distance around it was perhaps roughly around one and a quarter miles around it. Now, this little fun factoid is going to become really important in a moment. Uh, <clears throat> not for us so much, but for the Israelites. Uh, this will become important. This was a formidable obstacle indeed. So, what do we do when our walls seem too big? When our walls seem insurmountable? I'd like to go to uh, the reading of Scripture in the book of Joshua. Beginning at the end of chapter 5, I'm going to start literally at verse 13. So if you have Bibles with you or if you're following us from your homes, turn with me to Joshua 5, 13, and I am going to read also portions of chapter 6, not the whole thing. There is a lot that could be talked about in chapter 6, and I'm not going to address it all, but uh, just some specific things and hopefully... Uh, Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts with this today. Joshua chapter 5, starting at verse 13. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark, and on the seventh day, <clears throat> march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the people, advance, march around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the people, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city 
circling at once. Then the people returned to camp, spent the night there. Now I'm going to jump ahead to verse 15. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. Now I'm going to jump down to verse 20. When the trumpets sounded, the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in, and they took the city. The word of the Lord. Amen. So many of our walls are beyond human solution. What is our response? What's our cooperation with God when facing such walls? What do we see in the life of Joshua? What do we see from chapters 5 and 6 that can speak to this? To begin to answer this, I'd like to actually take you back a ways in time into the book of Exodus, back when Joshua was a much younger man. I'd like to take you to Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. Hear this with me. The, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Can you imagine this? He would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide... Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Now, I have long found this verse quite noteworthy. Moses would enter the tent of meeting. Joshua along with him. The presence of God invaded that tent, and God would speak with Moses. And Joshua beheld all this. And he remained in the tent after Joseph, Moses had left and returned to the camp. Joshua learned to seek after the presence of the living God. Now for us this morning, friends, because of Christ's death and resurrection, and Brother Kurt spoke to us about that this morning, because of Christ's death and resurrection, the veil has been torn in two, amen? We can enter immediately into God's presence. Part of our cooperation, part of our partnership with God. In fact, one of the most significant things we can ever do is to seek His presence, is to seek to abide in the presence of the living God daily, continually, to bask in his presence, to listen for his voice. Joshua learned this. I pray that all of us can learn this, can adopt this as a guiding rhythm of our lives, 
approach your walls this morning in the presence of the living God and by seeking Him. Spend time there. Now, as Joshua was uh, pondering this dilemma of Jericho, he's walking along one day on a scouting expedition, and he has a most intriguing counter, and I'm going to take us back into chapter 5 for this. Uh, Joshua, you know, was a warrior. He was a captain of warriors, but on this day, there's another warrior present, yes? You look at chapter 5, verse 14, and Joshua's not a timid guy. You know, he's been a soldier much of his life, but he's walking along, and there is somebody he's never seen before standing there with a drawn sword in his hand, and Joshua walks up to him. Are you for us or for our enemies? The messenger replies, neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So Joshua, I don't know if he had had anything figured out, you know, maybe he's thinking, boy, I've got to build a lot of life. I've got to build ramparts. I've got to do this or this. But to God, a final preparation for Jericho involved an encounter with him, with the living God, with the captain of the army of heaven itself. So Joshua falls down in reverence. He immediately acknowledges the sacredness of the moment with a posture of worship. Part of our cooperation with God in the face of our walls, I submit to you, involves a lifestyle of worship, a lifestyle of praise. Exalting God, lifting Him up in praise and worship enthrones and releases Him into our circumstances. We read this in Psalm 22, verse 3. This is a, starts out as a psalm of lament. David is lamenting, as David often did, and poured his heart out to God. But in verse 3, he says, almost stops himself, he says, Yet you are holy, you are enthroned on the praises of Israel enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our worship when facing our walls establishes God, establishes His presence, establishes His power, establishes His peace into our realities. You know, instead of being handled a battle plan this morning, that morning along the road, Joshua was ordered to worship, to take on a posture of reverence. You know, well into our uh, journey of seeking our daughter's healing, uh, Dana one morning or one night had a dream. She had gone to bed and uh, 
as she does, she's, she's famous for this. I, I'm a little jealous. She just can fall asleep real quickly. Yeah. So she, fall, she falls asleep only to be suddenly awakened. And she sat bolt upright in bed. She had received a message from God. And he had, she shared this with me immediately. But God said to her, she heard him say, perceived him to say, Morgan will be healed, but I desire your praise. Morgan will be healed, but I desire your praise. Neither of us will ever forget that, ever. My friends, as we contemplate the walls in our lives, let us dare this week to praise the eternal living God. Let us exalt and enthrone Him into our realities. Our listening for God, our, our worship, our time with Him must also result in a lifestyle of obedience. I know it's not a word we all enjoy. Lifestyle of obedience a reverent submission to His Word and to His voice speaking into our hearts. In Joshua chapter 1, we recall these instructions from God to Joshua where He says, Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. So obedience was to be a way of life for the Israelites, which brings us to the taking of Jericho itself. Now, does anyone besides me think that this battle plan was just a little eccentric? Huh? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just a tad unusual, maybe. Huh? Yeah, now, it could be that in ancient times, maybe such a strategy was not entirely unheard of, that maybe it had been done before, maybe not this way, you know, the way the Israelites did it. Maybe it was an, a signifier of an inv invasion to come. Yet, this was Jericho. I mean, these walls were massive and mighty. Now, the author of Joshua doesn't really record any murmuring about this. You know, it's like, really? At daybreak again? You know, before breakfast? We're going to do this again. We're going to march around. Yes, the priests, the warriors, the people, they all moved forward according to their instructions. And we know, based on uh, Rahab's account to the spies, that the inhabitants of Jericho were, Jer were terrified. They had heard the stories. But one wonders what they were thinking after watching this strategy play out for a week. You know, I can just imagine one of them finally sitting up there in the watchtower, you know, kind of you know, like, wow, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Obedience. Obedience. This is how the Israelites partnered with God in this story. And speaking of obedience, 
Any of you wonder about this account with the, this dialogue with the angel, with the messenger back in chapter 5? I talked with Eric about this a couple weeks ago when he asked me to do this. Talked about this very thing. He was like, what's up with the messenger? Because he says, are you for us or against us? And the, the messenger clearly states that he is for neither side. Now that dialogue came after the people have already been promised the land. So the best sense that I can make of this is this, that the captain of the army of heaven serves God. He serves eternal, sovereign God, maker of heaven and earth, and those who honor God with their obedience. You know, the land had been given to the people, but they had a role to play. They had to make it theirs through faithful obedience. They had a role to play, and so do we in the face of our walls. Looking at uh, the New Testament, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul says this to the believers in Rome. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Our very selves, the rhythm of our days, must be offered to God in obedience. You know, have you ever... Has this ever happened to you? Have you ever not wanted to do a thing that you heard God telling you to do? You know, like, well, really? That? And then the voice persists. Have you ever not wanted to do a thing God was telling you to do? Our obedience is an act of worship unto God. This morning, what does obedience look like in your life? What does obedience look like in the face of your wall? Now, Joshua and the Israelites in chapter 6 here, at least, they serve to us as a model of faith, faith in God's plan. Their obedience unto God is a mighty expression of trust. You know, besides engaging their march, their daily march for a week, uh, I want to talk about the shout. Anybody remember the shout that they were told to do only at the specified time? Let's look again uh, back in chapter 6 at verse 10. Joshua had commanded the people, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. Priests were instructed to blow their ram's horn trumpets. They were doing that throughout the week. But the soldiers, they had to remain as silent as stone walking around the city. They've been marching, waiting for this all week, waiting until they were told to do so, and then they were to fiercely shout with all their might, a mighty expression of their faith. 
and faith in God's plan, relying on God's timing for the victory. The writer of Hebrews tells us this in Hebrews 11, this well-known chapter, Hebrews 11:6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So, as you pray about your wall, as you consider your wall, can you trust God with the details, the timing, the strategy, the how? You know, Dana and I have had this conversation several times over the years of our life together. You know, that if we with our minds could figure out entirely the how of a thing, would that be a God thing? If I could work it all out and know how to, you know, solve the issue. As you are spending time with God, as you're listening for His voice, as you're offering yourself and offering worship, hand over to Him the concern for the details. I submit to you that He's more than capable of all of it. Now, my friends... The Israelites had the victory in their conquest of Jericho. But the victory, I submit to you, did not come from their marching. The victory did not come from the trumpets. It did not come from their silence. It didn't even come from their shouting. By whose hand was the victory won that day? God's. Free cup of coffee for everybody. <laughs> yes. Their victory was by the mighty hand of sovereign God. And I know many of us have walls this morning, and we have a role to play in partnering with God in our daily rhythm, in the face of those walls. But I want to tell you this morning that the eternal living God loves you fiercely this morning, and He is fighting for you. Amen? Eternal God is fighting for you this morning in the face of your wall. There are several scriptures that describe God to us as a warrior. Again, going back to Exodus, when God delivered Israel from the Egyptians, Moses proclaims this song in Exodus, going to Exodus chapter 15, verses 2 and 3. Moses declares, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise Him. My Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name. And looking back into the Old Testament, in 2 Chronicles, I don't know if any of you spend much time there in your devotions, 2 Chronicles this is fun with names time here. King Jehoshaphat and all of Israel were facing a very, very devastating, dire threat from uh, an attack from two nations that had combined together and joined forces, Moab and Ammon, and they were on their way. And God spoke a message of deliverance through a Levite named Jahaziel. So reading from Second Chronicles chapter 20, 
verses 14 and 15. Listen to this. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle belongs to the Lord this morning, friends. You have a role to play. You do. I do. But God fights for you. Do you hear that this morning? The God of the universe is fighting for you this day. As you face your wall, you do not face it alone, whatever that wall is. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as he has fought for his people throughout the records of Scripture, so he is fighting for you this morning. Amen? Amen. You know, Morgan, our daughter, was healed, just as God said. And she continues to live out her healing, though in her life, and she's now married, other walls have presented themselves to her. Other walls have presented themselves to Dana and myself as well. Walls that haven't come down yet. Walls that haven't collapsed. And for those of us here, for those listening at home, I know many of you out there have walls that haven't collapsed yet. And I say to you this morning, and I say to myself, that eternal God is faithful. That He loves you fiercely and that he is aware of your wall, and he is fighting. He is fighting for you. You know, the walls of Jericho came down in one week. And before that, the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And I invite at this time Pastor Jed and the worship team, they can come back up here. But will you seek... God today, can you praise Him before the face of your wall? Can you trust Him with His timing? Can you trust Him with the details? Can you surrender your wall to Him because He is fighting for you? Amen.